0: She's not here to judge. She's here to report the honest news on healthy living. She's Andrea Donsky, along with Lisa Davis. It's time for Naturally Savvy.
1: I am Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky, and we've all heard how important it is to take our vitamins, but when are you supposed to take them? What do you need to know about them? How do we figure out what are the best ones to take? Well, we've got Duffy McKay, ND. He is the SVP of Scientific and Regulatory Affairs for the Council for Responsible Nutrition, the lead trading association representing mainstream ingredient suppliers and manufacturers of dietary supplements and functional food. He's also a naturopathic doctor. Hello, Duffy. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much. It's great to be here.
1: You know, it's so nice to have you on. I have to admit, I've got vitamins uh, on my counter, and I'll forget to take them or I'll take them late. I'm wondering, should I have taken them earlier? I, you know, we just have so much going on. So let's jump into this. What are the proper ways? And then I definitely want us to focus on what are we looking for? Because I just mentioned that you're this, you know, you, you, you oversight, you, you, you know, you provide oversight, right. excuse me, for helping people understand all this.
2: Yeah, so with with dietary supplements, our vitamins, our minerals, uh, botanical and herbal supplements, there are some general principles, and I think it's really important just to remind people, take a second to read the label and follow the instructions. We always have to remember more is not always better, and safe and natural do not mean the same thing. You know, There are many natural substances that we still have to be wary of not consuming too much of at one time. So we always say here at CRN read and heed the label. Beyond that, you always want to also listen to any healthcare practitioners. You know, if you if you're working on if you say you have a medical condition and you're working with a practitioner, remember that their instructions to you may um, supersede any any label instructions. So those are two general principles. You always want to read and heed the label and listen to healthcare practitioners. But beside that, back to your question, Lisa, you forget my overarching best success, most results is I have people take them twice a day, once in the morning Mm -hmm. and once in the Mm -hmm. evening. That way you're not carrying them around with you. You can leave them properly stored. And it's just a time when you tend to be in a routine. Again, that's a general, very overarching instruction. Of course, there are... uh, situations and unique circumstances where someone might need to take it three times a day or away from food or other things like that. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, Duffy, one of the things I find interesting is over the years, people would say to me, oh, Andrea, do I really need to take a supplement? I mean, I eat really well. I have my, you know, one salad a day or I'm eating, you know, lots of vegetables or whatever it is. And I was, and I always say, yes, you need to take a supplement, but I want to hear from you. You know, what do you say? Why do we need to be taking supplements?
2: There's a a variety of reasons for that. Um, In those folks that say they eat well and they don't need a supplement, it's always a really interesting process to record what they eat, look at the patterns, and then point out the shortfalls. For example, the person that eats a salad every day and they think they get all the nutrients they need, well, are they also eating cold-water fatty fish, like anchovies or sardines, twice a week? You know, are they also eating sources of protein and B12 which usually come from the animal kingdom. So when you analyze someone's diet, you always tend to find shortfalls. So there is the disciplined approach of actually recording what you eat, identifying shortfalls and filling those gaps with supplements. Or there's the more general realization that we all don't eat perfectly and you consuming something like a multivitamin and omega-3 fatty acid just for insurance. Just as an insurance policy to fill any nutrient gaps that most people have. And again, adding a little extra of these nutrients is safe, so there's no harm in getting a little extra omega-3s or a little extra vitamin B12.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Deffy, you mentioned the sardines. And it's interesting, because I've interviewed some other naturopathic physicians who will say, you know, to all those vegans out there, can you at least just have some sardines? Because it can <laughs> really make a big difference. If they're not willing to. Uh, and, you know, I understand people have their reasons for these things. What what do you recommend? Because do you find that vegans can get sick? And again, I'm not picking on vegans, folks, if you're listening, I just want to, you know, help everybody out.
2: Yeah, no, it's really interesting. As you said, I just started digging through my papers on my desk because there was just a recent paper that came out of Germany where the German government and a variety of authorities got together and they said, we've looked at the vegan diet carefully and our recommendation that these folks actually must supplement specifically B12 and likely for a lifetime. It's just very difficult with that diet in particular, getting all the nutrients you need. Yes, it can be done. Yeah. But again, it takes mm-hmm. a lot of discipline and being in practice, it's so common and, and lots of practitioners can vouch for this, is, is finding someone who comes in and they feel like they're doing the vegan thing for their health. But as you do the physical exam, you realize that they're doing more harm to their body because they're just low energy, pale, typically iron, B12, protein, shortfalls, which lead to low energy levels, low iron levels, things like that. So... With the vegan diet, I feel like I always would like to see them, and if they want to be strict vegan, they can get an algae-based omega-3 supplement. So they can stay Mm -hmm. consistent with no animal products, but also get that valuable essential nutrient. Um, Mm -hmm. And then typically a B complex at a minimum um, is really important. And then often I find vegans... Even though they try really hard, they fall short in proteins. And so a good combination of, let's say, a rice protein and a pea protein combined, that provides all the essential amino acids and it'll make sure they're getting enough protein in their body.
0: I'm pretty sure our partner Nordic Naturals makes a algae-based, uh, like a vegan, omega-3 products. So, you know, definitely visit their website. Yeah. definitely you big, would
2: know. <laughs> yeah. I used to work with Noric <laughs> Naturals and, and we, we, nice. it was really difficult because first came the algae omega-3s and we thought, great, now we have an offering for the uh, the vegan community. But what lagged behind was actually a vegan source for the capsule. So we, you know, mm. lots of capsules are made from gelatin, which is derived from animal tissue. So it took a while longer to wait until the technology for a vegan plant cellulose capsule came along so that the vegan customer could feel good about taking their omega-3 supplement and sticking with their um, intended diet.
1: You know, Debbie, there's some funny names out there. I, I'm a famous for mispronouncing things, but there's mugwort, and I love how uh, this sounds like something Harry Potter would take. <laughs> cricket protein is something I'm hearing more and more about. Andrew, have you been hearing about this cricket flour? Tell us, we only have a little bit of time left, Touch on that for us.
2: Yeah, so uh, insects actually are a great source of protein, and globally, you know that many people do actually eat insects as a source of nutrition. So that has grown in interest to as 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 sources of protein become harder to get. You know, whey protein is a very premier protein; it can be expensive. People are looking at alternate sources, and the insect community is proving to be a very valuable source for the future of the the protein industry. <clears throat> so uh, I think that people are going to be hearing more about insect-based protein powders in the next decade, for sure, yeah, especially as sustainability uh, becomes more of a hot topic.
0: Mm, I interviewed oh, yeah. somebody well, who has a in cricket farm. I would. <laughs> Sorry, Andrea, go ahead. They probably do. I was going to say, I interviewed yeah. somebody who has a cricket farm here. So yeah, I mean, they have a lot of nutrition too. All right, Duffy, we have less than a minute left. I want to know, what are your five top supplements that you take on a regular basis?
2: Multivitamin, very important. Omega 3 fatty acids, absolutely important. A fish oil supplement, omega 3s. I use fish. You can also use algae. Fiber, my top, top, top favorite is fiber supplement. Keep you regular, keep the bowels going. And did I already mention probiotic? Probiotic would be number five.
0: All right, so I'm going to repeat. Multivitamin, omega 3 fiber, probiotics, and we need one more.
2: Oh, vitamin D, of course.
0: There you go. I love it. All right. I definitely agree. Duffy, such a pleasure to have you on the show and to be back in touch after many years. I did interview Duffy many years ago when, you were, when he was at Nordic. So we should post that interview. Cool. It's pretty awesome. All right. Well, you can learn more about Duffy. You can go to CRUNUSA.org or you can follow him on Twitter at CRN underscore supplements. I'm Andrew Donsky, along with Lisa Davis. This is Naturally Savvy Radio on Radio MD. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Your Radio MD and at Naturally Savvy. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take your supplements. Stay well.